This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Live on tape from the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York City, it's Stephen Welcome, one and all. Welcome, my friends, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert, and I am so glad you could be with us tonight. It's nice. I need a little bit of the warmth. I need a little being with the good people here. Because tomorrow is the one-year anniversary of the January 6th insurrection, that horrible day when millions of Americans stared at the TV in shock and grief and said, oh, crap, is that Uncle Dave? (laughs) The House Select Committee investigating the attack has set its sights on a new target, Fox News host and proof that the Irish weren't meant to live past 60, (laughs) Sean Hannity. Last night, the committee sent a letter asking Hannity to talk to them about some bombshell text messages that indicate that Hannity had advanced knowledge regarding the former president's planning for January 6th. And, and I'm being told we have footage of the moment Hannity received that letter. Uh-oh. According to the committee, on December 31st, 2020... Hannity sent Chief of Staff Mark Meadows a text that said, I do not see January 6th happening the way he is being told. So Hannity clearly knew what was coming. I wouldn't be surprised if the former president planned this coup with the knowledge of the entire Fox News lineup, including the commercials. (laughs) Apparently, Hannity saw some downsides to destroying our system of representative government on January 5th. He wrote to Meadows again, saying that he was very worried about the next 48 hours. So he either had advanced knowledge of the plot, or he had just eaten three Taco Bell Burrito Supremes. (laughs) Either way, he knew. Either way, he knew the next 48 hours was going to bring chaos. If the committee really wants the inside scoop on the White House's plan to stage a coup, they should talk to former presidential trade advisor Peter Navarro, seen here throwing a pillowcase of kittens into the river. (laughs) Navarro... Navarro was on MSNBC last night, and he revealed that the White House's plot to overthrow the election even had a cute little nickname. This plan we had called the Green Bay Sweep, Not to be confused with the Green Bay sneak, which is what happens when you ask Aaron Rodgers if he's vaccinated. (laughs) And, sure. (laughs) 
Navarro explained that what the coup plot had in common with the football play was teamwork and obviously brain damage. We had uh, over 100 congressmen and senators on Capitol Hill ready to implement the sweep. We were going to challenge the, the results of the election in the six battleground states. And at 1 p.m., Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, and Gosart, a, a representative, started the Green Bay sweep beautifully, challenging the results of Arizona. I haven't seen criminal activity so clearly explained on TV by the criminal <laughs> since Rachel Ray welcomed co-host Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Yummo! <laughs> but Navarro says there was one flaw in the January 6th plan. All this required was peace and calm on Capitol Hill. And we would've gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for that meddling mob we unleashed on Capitol Hill. <laughs> Damn you, Scooby-Coo! <laughs> By the way, you got the reference, good. Glad they got the reference. By the way, that's not an exaggeration. Check how much Peter Navarro looks like a Scooby-Doo villain. <laughs> Navarro then explained how his good old-fashioned football coup was supposed to go. The remedy was for Vice President Pence's, the quarterback in the Green Bay sweep, to remand those votes back to the six battleground states for 10 days for a look to see if there were any okay. election irregularities or fraud. Really? Pence is the quarterback in the situation? <laughs> Doesn't really strike me as having the quarterback type of personality. If I had to pick a position that fits his sparkling persona, I'd go with tackling dummy. Tomorrow... <laughs> Seems like fun. You gotta, you gotta hit it, gotta hit it. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow, Congress is going to mark the dark anniversary with solemnity, with events including a prayer vigil. And do not ever doubt the power of prayer. Because remember, on Monday, Devin Nunes formally resigned from Congress. <laughs> Thank you for hearing me, Lord. The solemnity of the day was in danger of being undermined by former president, my little phony. <laughs> Two weeks ago, he announced that at the time of the Capitol prayer service, he planned to deliver remarks doubling down on the big lie to counter-program the remembrance events. Yeah, you can't let remembrance events go on without counter-programming. Same reason at a funeral, you gotta bring out an insult comic for the people who are glad the guy's dead. <laughs> John looks good. It's the first time I've seen him stiff in years. Oh! His wife knows what I'm talking about. Anyway, that's my time. His two. Tip your pallbearers. <laughs> the former president announced the speech with a statement. Now, reading this statement straight would give it way more respect than it deserves, but... I no longer do an impression of that crack wipe anymore. So instead, we're going to have his statement read by someone who has the same level of emotional maturity, a seven-year-old child. Why isn't the unselect committee of highly partisan political hacks investigating the cause of the January 6th protest, which was the rigged presidential election of 2020? I'll be having a news conference on January 6th at Mar-a-Lago to discuss all these points and more. It 
Until then, remember, the insurrection took place on November 3rd. It was the completely unarmed protest of the rigged election that took place on January 6th. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I'd like to point out... I would like to point out that they were armed. And when did we start having to say unarmed protests? Protests are unarmed by default. That's like saying we had a lovely weekend. It was a totally bloodless cotillion. <laughs> well, good news, because yesterday, the former president canceled his January 6th event. <laughs> I do. I'll give it up. I'll give it up. Yeah. I'm sure he's very disappointed. I mean, he'd already picked out the perfect outfit for the day. <laughs> he explained his decision with this statement. In light of the total bias and dishonesty of the January 6th unselect committee of Democrats, two failed Republicans in the fake news media, I am canceling the January 6th press conference at Marwago on Thursday. And instead, we'll discuss many of those important topics at my rally on Saturday, January 15th in Arizona. It will be a big crowd. <laughs> It makes sense that he's moving it from Mar-a-Lago to Arizona, considering their state motto, Arizona, America's backup Florida. <laughs> Apparently, they're going to need one. We're going we're, we're to need one. Apparently, the real reason he canceled the event is because some advisors urged the former president to reschedule for a day that would draw less attention to a low point of his presidency. So, every day of his presidency... <laughs> But, but, but I get their point. It would be like Judas giving a speech to commemorate Good Friday. Sure, it's a sad day, but without me, none of this would have happened. The real crucifixion was on November 3rd. Mary Magdalene knows what I'm talking about. Tip your Pharisees. Now, thank you. Thank you, Wynn. You like that, Wynn? But according to the New York Times' Maggie Haberman, the real, real reason is that it was becoming clear he wasn't likely to get the live TV coverage he was hoping for. Well, that makes sense. Upstaging solemn events rarely gets good ratings. That's why they canceled Dick Clark's Pearl Harbor's Rockin' Eve. <laughs> There's a... Ryan Seacrest does it now, right? <laughs> Seacrest does it now. There's an update from the world of COVID. Everyone in the world has COVID. <laughs> Turns out over 3,000 schools were closed in the first week of January, and the quitting rate for the healthcare industry reached an all time high. Okay, there's an easy solution here. Kids, this is the moment Doc McStuffins has been training you for. <laughs> Grab your Fisher Price stethoscope and ask mommy and daddy for the ride to the ER. You're scrubbing in. Damn it, Mackenzie, there are lives on the line. <laughs> What do you mean on my own twin? <laughs> so, the country's in chaos. What we need is clear guidance from the CDC, which is why they issued yesterday new guidance 
updating their recent five-day isolation rule with this simple addendum. People who have recovered from the virus and have isolated for at least five days can take a rapid test if they want, but they don't have to. And those who test positive after five days from their initial test should isolate for another five days. Also, people who test negative or don't get tested can go back to work as long as they wear a mask. Oh, I know this one. The answer is the knife was an icicle. No, you take the chicken and the grain and you vaccinate the fox. Am I... <laughs> No. All right. Even the news. Even the... Even the news is struggling to understand those updated guidelines. Confusing times when it comes to recommendations from the CDC. Uh, this latest change from them, how do you feel about it? It is confusing. Uh, it does feel like a bit of a choose-your-own-adventure. If this, then this. If this, then this. It does feel in many ways, do the hokey-pokey and turn yourself around. Gail's right. In fact, that's an easy way to remember the new rules. John? You tested five days in, or maybe just go out. Hey, am I still sick? That's for you to figure out. You do the nosy pokey and you cry yourself to sleep. Time for my daily shout. Woo! We got a great show for you tonight. Up next. Scammers are coming after Gen Z. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. John, uh, you know who we got on tonight? We got on uh, setting senator Amy Klobuchar is here right. tonight. I believe the last time I spoke to her was a year ago. Last time I spoke to her was the night of January 6th. Ooh. She was fresh from the chaos and spoke to us. Now we're going to talk about what happens next and yes. the voting rights bill, just as important, right. maybe even more important, because none of it matters. I think none so. of this matters without so. a voting rights bill. Yeah, we got to get the it. right people in there. John, but Check I want to talk about something else just happened. It was just announced just uh, moments ago, right? Because this, we're doing this in the afternoon. Yeah. Grammys have been postponed. That's right. Indefinitely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and now, I, for the people there who don't know, and I don't know who wouldn't know, how many nominations, John? How many nominations did you get this year? I got 11 nominations. <laughs> you need two hands. You need two hands and a foot. Two hands and yeah, a foot to count that. So I'm sorry you have to wait. I'm sorry it gets postponed, because I'm not sure that was a big night. The yeah, thir- it was the 30th or the 31st? When was it? It was the 31st, but I'm going to be just as excited whenever it is. Exactly. And you know what's actually great? Now... It's safe. You, you would have found out... Well, yeah, it's great that it's safe. We all want to be safe. Yes. But you would have found out on the 31st whether you won those 11. Yes. Now you are still potentially going to win indefinitely. I love that. Now, yeah, just, just assume you've won until they yes. say no. I Which they won't. I won. They that's, won't. That's they my won't. philosophy. Yeah. Just cash that check now. <laughs> now, I assume there's cash. Is there cash? They give you cash? Sure. Yeah, something. Well, folks, we all worry about the older folks out there, the ones in our lives being scammed on the internet. But it's not just the elderly anymore, unfortunately, because according to new research, Gen Zers 
are more likely than any other age group to fall to scams. It's not surprising. I mean, we're talking about the generation that was conned into bringing back low-rise jeans. <laughs> Don't do it. You eat like one bagel, you're reaching for a long sweater. <laughs> Apparently, there are all sorts of new youth-oriented cons out there, like online influencer scams, where scammers create fake social media accounts that mimic an influencer, hold a contest, then ask the winner to pay a fee or provide their bank account numbers to get their prize. How sad that con artists are sullying the trusted profession of online influencer. <laughs> Now who will I trust to sell me hair growth weight loss tea? <laughs> scammers out there are also going after Gen Z's love lives with so-called romance scams, where fraudsters meet someone online, then work on winning the person's heart, then try to get the victim's money. <laughs> Kids these days with their technology. In my day, you had to do all that in person. You steal their checkbook, then flee from the police in a car where you had to know where you were going. No GPS. <laughs> Another big area where the younglings are getting scammed, ye old blockchain. Just recently, thousands of young people fell victim to a crypto scam when an unknown developer launched a token inspired by the hit Netflix show Squid Game called Squid. The token got over 43,000 investors before the developers suddenly disappeared, making off with about $3.3 million. Well, well, well. <laughs> Looks like the Squid Gamers have become... The Squitters? I haven't seen the show. I hear, <laughs> I hear very good things. This is a big problem for Gen Z. So here to give you young people some tips on how to avoid internet scams is my writer and certified young person, Eliana Cortler. Come on out here, Eliana. Thanks for being here. Good to see you. Thank you. Now, Eliana, how can young people avoid scams on the internet? Yes, that is such an important question, Steve. And to start off, I was hoping you could answer a question for me. Sure. How do I find my routing number? Uh, it's at the bottom of any... Ch Wait, why do you need your routing number? Well, if you must know, I entered an Instagram contest, and I am the lucky winner of a year's supply of Lululemon yoga pants. All I have to do is give them my routing number. A year's supply? How many is that? One. <laughs> Eliana, I think you might be one of the young people falling for these new scams. Don't worry, Steve. I checked it out with my boyfriend, and he says it's cool. His name is John Smith. We're totally in love. Isn't he so handsome? <laughs> I mean... John Smith. That's your John Smith. Okay. Have you ever met John in person? Um, no, it's a long-distance relationship, Stephen. Eliana, I don't know how to tell you. That's a, that's, that's a stock photo. It still has it still has the watermark on it. Um, yeah, he's a model. He just did a super prestigious ad campaign where he's hanging out with his diverse colleagues at a boardroom. I'm very happy for you. Eliana, do you have any actual tips that the young people can use? Okay, yes. If Gen Z's want to stay safe online, they should invest in this new, amazing cryptocurrency token. It's called Colbert Coin, inspired by the hit CBS show, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Eliana, Eliana, come on. Yeah, yeah. Look, Eliana, that is obviously an amazing investment opportunity. Tell me, what do young people need to do to get in on the ground floor? 
just give us your credit card number. Then send it along with the name of your first pet in the street you grew up on to Eliana and Stephen Legitimate Business at ColbertCoin.Belarus. Wow, it's that easy? How does it work? Well, with ColbertCoin, you give us your savings, and then we cryptocurrency it. After that, you never have to worry about it anymore, my stands. That's because we're busy turning your cash into future money. To the moon, apes! That's lit. Now, you might be asking yourself, why are Steve and Eliana doing this? Simple. We want to help you. And not because we're in way too deep with an underground Belarusian loan shark, and Dragomir says he'll have three days to pay up or he's coming for our kneecaps. Yes, not that. So invest in Colbert Coin today. You can trust us. Because we're, we're a TV, TV show. show. Up next, Senator Amy Klobuchar. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you so much for being with us this evening. Welcome back to The Late Show, everybody. Folks, my guest tonight is the senior senator from the great state of Minnesota. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Senator Amy Klobuchar. Thanks so much for, for braving the winter and the, uh, and the Omicron to be with us this evening. No problem. Now, um, also... The snowstorm in D.C. yesterday, how did you fare? Well, as a Minnesotan, was it just like uh, yeah. work-a-day for you? Were you surprised so, that it was paralyzing the nation's capital? Yes. The D.C. snow removal policy is wait till it melts. Okay, that's it. And those cars on I-95, it was really horrible. 27 hours of no movement. Right, and must... my friend Tim Kaine yes. in that car for 27 Hours trying to get to the Capitol. I could have snowshoed faster. Exactly. Uh, but yes, it was it was tough. Absolutely nothing happening as far as the eye could see. It must feel familiar to the Senate. <laughs> Gridlock. There you got go. Got it. It's what I do. We need see? a few snow shovels. Uh, madam. You were on uh, the show. We have spoken once uh, since then over Zoom, but you were on the show uh, on January 6th from the Capitol on, on, on that dark day, giving us uh, your play-by-play of what happened with you and um, your reaction to that moment. A year later, tomorrow being the first anniversary, what do you, what do you most remember from that day? What do, you, what do you take from that experience, not only what it means to you, but what it means to our nation? You know, there's been a lot of focus on the electeds that day, but I remember the officers' faces, scratches down their faces, uh, the words of Officer Dunn, who, after bravely defending not just the Capitol, but our Republican, said to one of his fellow officers, collapsed in the rotunda, said he was called the N-word multiple times, and he said, is this America? Is this America? And 
um, staff members. A lot of there hasn't been a lot of focus on that, including my own staff in a closet with forks to defend themselves because they were right near one of the doors uh, where the insurrectionists invaded the Capitol. So forks. there were a lot of people. That's forks. all they had. Two of them. They had forks and they were ready to go. Uh, there were officers, just to make this clear, 75% of the officers uh, were in plain clothes. Uh, there were insurrectionists that had better protection than they did. Um, and so uh, there has been not just soul searching going on, not just major investigations, as the Attorney General of the United States pointed out today. Uh, we made major changes to security at the Capitol. Uh, but in the end, uh, my biggest memory actually happened a few hours after your show. And that's when we had vowed to go back uh, to finish our job. And at 3.30 in the morning, uh, Senator Blunt, the Republican senator from Missouri, and Vice President Pence, myself, and two young women with the mahogany box with the left, the last electoral ballots up to Wyoming, made that walk through the broken glass and the spray painted statue, and we finished our job and declared that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were the victor. That's what I remember. Well, I'll always be grateful, and many of us will always be grateful for you and the other people there who did their jobs and um, accepted the will of the American people in that moment. But there are many people who did not, including many of your colleagues. And so I know you guys were all hustled off to rooms. Uh, I don't know if they were specifically safe rooms, but rooms where you could be safe while the Capitol Police were trying to fend off the insurrectionists. But I assume you were all just kind of thrown in there together. Like, there wasn't like, oh, here's the Republican room, the Democrat room. It was all sides of the aisle in one room together. Correct. Who were you in the room with? Were you in there with Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and Lindsey Graham? Yes. <laughs> what Everyone was that was in like? the same room. Uh, well, uh, first of all, we got TVs on so you could see what was happening. You can see the attack continuing. We do. Standing next to the people who invited it. That's correct. And I remember there was one dramatic moment. Remember how, uh, I mean, no, you do, how the former president uh, would not even address... Over uh, three the, hours yes, of silence. Yes, it took hours and hours. But incoming President Biden, he did. And there was a moment where everyone watched him speak and everyone applauded. And that was a big deal. And On both then, sides of the aisle applauded. They did. And then uh, Senator Blunt and I uh, got on the stage because Senator Schumer, who was the incoming leader, uh, joined us... Um, uh, later in the evening, and he and Senator McConnell were somewhere else, which they were supposed to be under the security protocols. Senator Blunt and I went to the stage and we said, no matter what is going on right now in that chamber, we are going to go back and we're going to finish our job. So overall, we literally worked it to take care of objections of all things. As you know, during the insurrection, uh, there were still planned objections to the Electoral College. Yes. The vast majority of senators, over 90 of them out of 100, did vote to uphold uh, the results, uh, but there were some that didn't. And I still, when I look at them, I think about that every time because I felt that moment as we walked through that broken glass and fast forward two weeks later, that beautiful inauguration under the blue sky, leaders of both parties, uh, that this was behind us, that democracy had prevailed, and it did. Mm -hmm. Our uh, flag was I, still there as late That is August correct, so it, it was. Um, and I remember just as she sang as um, Amanda Gorman's poem, um, as Garth Brooks sang Amazing Grace, looking up at that sky, thinking good is here, good is here. And then Donald Trump 
is out there, as you just pointed out earlier in the show, is still out there with this big lie, telling people a lie. I mean, it's not just a lie about an election. He is literally undermining our democracy as we speak. And, and he's lying about that day, not to interrupt you, but he's about lying about that, that day, day of January 6th. He's lying about uh, who won the election. He has people that are still following him and showing up. And I just think it is on all of us. I don't care what political party, and I have great admiration uh, for uh, the Republicans over in the House, um, um, including um, uh, Liz Cheney, who are very few of them that are out there willing to say uh, that we've got to hold people accountable. Because right now, there are a whole bunch of people that don't think we should. And I think we have to hold them accountable. We have to uh, make sure that we carry on the torch. We are stewards of our democracy in the United States Congress. So that means what they didn't get done with bear spray and bayonets and flagpoles, uh, they are now trying to do with laws saying you can only have one drop-off box in the entire city of Milwaukee. That or, or the legislature has the ability to overturn uh, the will of the people and appoint their own electors. Exactly. Or, and here's one, dismantle uh, nonpartisan election commissions and replace them that you'd have a partisan legislature counting the ballots. We are not a dictatorship. We are a democracy. And we can have differences of opinion, vast differences, but in the end, we have to respect the will of the people in the votes. And that also means allowing people to vote. As Reverend Warnock, now Senator Warnock, says so well, right now what's going on in this country, some people don't want some people to vote. That is exactly what's going on, and we must call it out and stop it. We have to take a quick break, uh, but don't go anywhere. When we come back, I will ask the senator about what it's like to work with those people who helped incite that riot that day. Stick around. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free starting May 1st with a 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. What's it like to be in the chamber with those people who on that night were applauding Biden, but have subsequently tried to gaslight America about what happened that night, and who are clearly fascist curious, if not fascist <laughs> themselves. Those people who will never live down their shame, but don't care because they have none. What's it like to sit and work next to them? Not pleasant. <laughs> but every day, That's you have to... That's a very harsh thing coming from a Minnesotan. <laughs> Every day, you have to go and do your job. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a democracy. They got elected. I will work to make sure they're not reelected. But it is on me to make the case to the American people, Democrats and Republicans, mm -hmm. um, that our democracy must prevail. And right now, uh, issue of our day, I mean, I would personally get rid of the filibuster, okay? Well, I think we've got to... I think we've got to, like... But... Short of that, there are so many other things we can do. We can restore the Senate to the place it's supposed to be, where it's supposed to actually debate issues instead of what's going on right now, where people object to something, put a hold on a nominee, and then go home and raise money. 
Okay, that's what yes. they do. It's the most they, deliberative body in the world, but there's very little deliberation because right, they so just put holes Right, so they should them. actually have to stay there and debate like Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Right. That old movie. They should have to they should have to come in and debate and make their case in front of the American people. Until Claude Rains has a nervous breakdown. But that's not happening. So there's all kinds of ways you can resolve this. Um, one of the things that's really interesting is that in the history of the Senate, are you ready for this? 160, 160 exceptions to that filibuster rule that basically says the filibuster rule is you, know, you basically have to get 60 people. 160 different exceptions to that. Um, there have been changes made multiple times in the history of the Senate. And I think when our very democracy is at risk, when you've got people that are passing laws that says your vote can't be counted, I think now is the time to make an exception to the filibuster. So. We have to take another break, uh, but when we come back, I'll ask the senator about the future of the filibuster and the new voting rights bill. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. I had the opportunity to interview uh, then-President-elect Biden a little over a year ago, between the the election and the inauguration, and I asked him about uh, a new voting rights bill, saying that doesn't that have to be first, because nothing else really matters unless you stabilize our democracy with a true voting rights bill. Now, it turned out that the voting rights bill is fourth. You know, it's the fourth uh, thing being introduced. Was that the right thing to do? Should we have done the other three first? Uh, The work on that voting rights bill has been going on. I I chair the Rules Committee, and literally our first bill that we got through legislation uh, was the For the People Act. We then made some changes on it. It's now called the Freedom to Vote Act. I lead the bill. Uh, We have every Democratic uh, senator. uh, Cinema and mansion. Um, And now we're at this other point, which is talking about those Senate rules. Um, And what the bill does, it is so firmly grounded in the Constitution. The Constitution says that Congress can make, uh, alter the time and place, manner of elections, right? Mm -hmm. This was anticipated that at some point, because it's a federal election, this isn't just for president, it's also for Senate, for House, uh, that Congress can play a role. And this is our moment to step in. This is what happened when we had civil rights legislation in the 1960s. The federal government at some point steps in. Uh, when you have things that are happening, like uh, you've got in Georgia, which is one of the worst laws uh, that passed, you can't even register people to vote during the last month of the runoff period. And in the last election, when Senator Warnock won and Senator Ossoff won, they registered 70,000 people during that time period. Uh, They have a requirement that they put in place that you have to write a date on the outer inside envelope. You know what the date is? You think it might be the date that you're filing your ballot. Your birthday, you're supposed to figure out that you're supposed to put that on the outside of an envelope. These are the kinds of things that are being put in place across the country to suppress the vote. 
And you add to that the fact that the Freedom to Vote Act also includes something really important, uh, which is transparency and disclosure of dark money, outside money that has been polluting our election process. That is a key part of this bill as well. So, Senator, thank you, thank you so thank much you for being here. here. All right. Safe travels thank you, home. everyone. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.